And we're back. We survived 2020, mi gente. 2021. What a roller coaster ride. But I was really happy to, you know, talk to the, a lot of the folks, the Real City Ambassadors. And I'm just super stoked. Uh, a new year, new turn of the page. You know, I'm excited to have this person. I've been following her trajectory for, for about a year plus. Um, I've crossed paths with her. So it's always been dope. It's always been solid. You know, she blends uh, Caribbean beats, reggaeton, and hip-hop styles. She's born and raised in San Francisco. Uh, she composes songs that explore her radical femininity, inspired by amor, love, sexual pain, and climate catastrophes. She's a Chicana singer, songwriter. Uh, she plays various instruments. We're going to get to it. Uh, let me introduce you off to the one and only La Doña. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Super excited to, to converse with you today. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. You know, you're opening up 2021 for me. And I was just like, I want first of all, I've always wanted to have you on, on this platform that I started recently. And I was just like, how do I start 2021 right? Mm. So I got to holler at La Loña, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. <laughs> right so, you know, we're both city kids. Um, we've talked already. We've had conversations. But I want to introduce you in this platform. You know, just kind of introduce yourself. How do you introduce your, yourself to the to the public? Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of different ways. I have a lot of different publics that I see all the time. I have mm -hmm. like obviously my show personality, my artist name, La Donia, um, and then I'm also an educator, and I also work. Um, I have like a million jobs, so I have a lot of I have a lot of faces. But at the end of the day, I'm Cecilia, Cici, La Donia. And from California, San Francisco, born and raised in Bernal Heights, um, and have lived throughout Lakeview, um, Excelsior. I'm in Excelsior now, mm. um, throughout the Bay. And yeah, grew up, grew up out here, um, going to school in the Mission, going to all my programs along 24th Street and along Mission. Um, <laughs> and you went to uh, where in the Mission? You were just telling me. Uh, Horse, no, Buena Vista, right? Yeah, Buena Vista. So when it was still over, I think where Bryant School is now, uh, uh, right there off of Potrero next to Potrero del Sol, I went to, yeah, it was lit up in there, Buena Vista. Then I went to, uh, not Horace, man, that was our enemy. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to Wait, I Don't do that to me. Remember the beef. Where did you go after Buena Vista? Okay. Then after uh, lit ass James Lick, I went to Soda. <laughs> I went to. <laughs> Let yeah, me just James show Lick. people James Lick real quick. If they don't know, now they know. Yes. And then Soda. What stand for? Soda stands for School of the Arts. Now it's Ross Soda. So Ruth Asawa School of the Arts, named ah. after the. Legendary sculpture um, artist Ruth Asawa. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I went and did instrumental music there, studied trumpet um, and music theory. Um, and then after that, I went to UC Santa Cruz. So made it a few miles down south, got a little bit more sun, got a little bit more trees, yeah. um, and finished that up a little bit early in about three, three and a half years. No shit. Um, and I did a double major in uh, Latin American Latino studies and mm -hmm. community studies. I have a question. Um, mm -hmm. So you went into soda playing uh, instruments. What instrument did you play? 
So I went there to study specifically trumpet because you're supposed to audition on one instrument. Um, but I had already been studying a lot of different instruments. The reason that I played trumpet is because that's my father's main instrument and he was my first music teacher. So mm. both he and my mom um, are musicians and they really felt it important to impart both me and my sister with musical mm. knowledge. So as soon as we could hold the instrument, we started studying, we started playing, we started jamming um, and working as well. So my main instrument still is trumpet, yeah. um, but obviously I do a lot more work with vocals right now. Um, yeah. But I also Look, we play. Found out you, you're a jack of all trades. <laughs> oh I was God. like, let me see if this is true. And I found maracas on one, and then the trumpet, and then there's another one with guitar. And I was like, all right, all right, she right, she right. Ah, day deep dive. Deep That's dive. Right. So tell me about these photos, so people yeah, know so what you're talking this, about. This photo. Uh, the one on the left, this is my father with the upright bass, or Tololoche, my sister on button accordion, um, my mom in the red shirt on bajo sexto, my tia Irene Perez right here in the front, and then me right here with the maracas. And the painting you see behind us is um, is a de depiction of Goyashauki, and she... Um, she, this is a piece done by my tia Irene, who's right next to me in this photo. And I think that this was a show at, I think it was at Mich either Mission Cultural Center or it was somewhere in Oakland um, mm. where she's based out of. But she was one of the seven uh, mujeres muralistas that worked on the women's building and painted wow. the first mural in Balmy Alley. She's a very legendary artist um, and also played drums with the band. And then, uh -huh. um, yeah, so she... If you look at the women's building, um, this angle? Yeah, she helped design a lot of it, especially as you can see again, her motif of Goyoshauki in the, in the, in um, the right hand right uh -huh. here. So there's the agave. See, see, see right here. Oh. So yeah, so she did a lot of work on, on this wow. building and on many murals and, and creating that culture of muralismo throughout the mission and throughout the Bay area. Um, and yeah, are you so we would. Are you both? Are your folks also from the Bay? Well, my father's from Bakersfield, um, but oh. he came up to UC Berkeley when he was 18. And then my mother's from the East Coast, growing up in New Jersey and New York, but she came out here to Bolt uh, Law School. So she came to Berkeley to study law um, and lived in Oakland. And then both she and my dad moved out to the city and. And I guess my sister was born in 85. So I guess they moved up to the city in the eight, early, early 80s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. And never left, left since. And this no. is good for you all like more present. You can't really tell, but I just wanted to show this because y'all are very united. And y'all, not, not you personally hit the big stage, but then you are from San Francisco. You're from this community. You always embrace it. Here y'all are at the Mission Food Hub. Just showing some love to the people that need comida, you know what I mean? Yeah. Can you talk about this experience real quick? Yeah. Um, this was actually supposed to be the weekend of Carnaval, right. I believe. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've been either dancing or playing or teaching my students playing every single Carnaval since I was you know, in kindergarten <laughs> or first grade. Yeah. Um, so obviously the, the time rolled around. The, it was the last weekend of May. It was a beautiful day. And um, we felt lucky enough to be asked to provide music um, for the people waiting in line to, to get their food. And um, yeah, so that's my sister, my partner, Isai, me on trumpet, my dad playing guitarron, and my mom on vihuela. And mm -hmm. yeah, we're used to honestly, like, 
between my family, between my um, my youth salsa band that I was with for many years, Futuro Picante, I'm used to playing on the street. That's where I'm comfortable. Like that feels more natural to me than being on a, you know, 7,000 person stage. Um, that feels good. I love to be in my hood. I love to be with my people. And if it's if it's making somebody happy, then that's where I need to be. That's the work that I need to be doing. So we were yeah. happy to go play a little bit for y'all and for the people waiting for food and for also all the volunteers, all the people that have been putting so much work into, you know, getting getting our people fed. And um, what was very unique, um, aside from the experience of seeing live music during a pandemic, was seeing y'all just trade instruments. Like, oh, now I'm gonna play the, the accordion and you go to the cajon and you play the... So you all, all played a lot of the same instruments together, correct? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was always like, I don't know, like, I come from a very hardworking family. And so mm. I think that's part of being... Um, being part of that culture of hard workers is just knowing how to be useful, knowing how to be um, the strongest uh, provider of, of skills of um, a good student. So yeah, we all learned pretty much everything um, because, you know, I think actually now looking back at it, I think it's because my dad wanted to play all the different instruments. So you'd be like, okay, I want to play accordion, you go play bass. Oh, your sister's not here, you have to play bass. Oh, you, like, it was kind of like that, right? Because we were a band, first and yeah. foremost, working. Um, but then funny. also, he wanted to have fun. And we, it, it's like, it's just so much better. I could do so much what more well-rounded um, kind of vision of, of music and of what musicianship means when you know how to play a melodic instrument, a harmonic instrument, a rhythmic instrument, and and just knowing all of those different areas. And I would always, I would always refer to myself as like the trash musician because basically I had to like I had to play everything that nobody else wanted to play. So it was like, oh shit, your your dad forgot the song. Go get your trumpet. Go play the song. I'd be like, okay. So I grab my trumpet and play the song. Or it'd be like, oh, you know, your mom got called in to go do something else. You can't make it to the gig. You have to play guitar. And I'd be like, okay. So just being versatile was like a really huge um it's it, you know, it's an honor. It's a yeah. it's a way to be useful, a way to be needed, but it's also just you know, that's what you, what you got to be doing. That's a good, that's a good segue here. I'm not going to play it, but this is an article that was done a while ago and you're just playing the weed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know? that was, and that was, that, so that's like most, even still to these, to this day, I still yeah. play mostly weed um, yeah. or cajon or percussion or trumpet. And, and then like, they're like, oh, go play this other thing. I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. I fill in the gaps. I support, I make sure it's all happening, but yeah, definitely started out on a lot of percussion. And where did La Doña, the, the name, uh, come to be? So the name La Doña actually came from my homegirl, Lily. I used to live, I went to Santa Cruz, and Santa Cruz has a really big culture of uh, cooperative living and co-ops. And so I lived in a really huge house called, we called it Lennox House. And mm -hmm. we lived with, like, I think officially there were 10 of us on the lease, um, but it was like more like 14 people that lived there. Wow. And my homegirl, um she, I think she was reading a book for one of her classes and it was talking about the Doña that does all these things. She killed her husband. Like she has all these secrets. She's in charge. And so she jokingly started calling me La Doña. And at first I was like, what? But then uh -huh. I was like, oh, okay, all right. It makes yeah. sense. I can see it. I can see it. So that always kind of stuck in my head. You know, everybody, I think that if you're from San Francisco, then you have an alter ego, ego mm. whether you're a writer, graffiti artist, visual artist, musician, um, you kind of have 
a couple of names, right? You adopt yeah. a name. So that was the name that I felt connected to and that, you know. Yeah, I no, this is so great. You know, mm -hmm. and then, you know, things just skyrocketed quick because last time we spoke was 2019, December, and you had already just to build this fan base. But one thing that we talked about, and I want to bring it up so you can even share with people because knowledge is power. The more information people know that's out there, the better. Foundry program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Foundry program is a really awesome program um, put on by YouTube Music. Mm -hmm. And they sponsor, it's basically a grant program that sponsors um, up and coming artists. And so I was lucky enough to be granted one of their grants. And along the way, they support you um, just in kind of learning what kind of content to put out, what your page should be looking at, mm -hmm. how to do outreach. Um, and then they give you a grant to fund different, you know, content, music videos, whatever it is that you need help with working on. They really help you out with that. So that was mm -hmm. a really cool thing to be a part of. Nice. And this is, this is a, I just wanted to show it. It's just a beautiful piece. I, I want to know who created this and how did so they this was done by, this? yeah, I have like, I have the bird of the project that is La Doña has a couple wings. Um, mm. One of which is my amazing homegirl, Alyssa um, Aviles of Suavecita Press. And so yeah, she drew yeah. this one for me. Um, I told her, yeah, it might be nice to have some bucanvilia or some um, some flowers. I want a banner and maybe some like houses, like typical San Francisco houses. And mm. of course, she sends me the most beautiful, amazing piece of artwork I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh -huh. um, but that's just all my homegirls. They, they deliver so uh, above and beyond. I'm lucky yeah. enough to work with a couple other um, really amazing art directors. My homegirl Spooky Orbison, Lauren D'Amato. She's an excellent, um, she does sign painting and typography, but she also is just an amazing, incredible artist in whatever she does. So we're gonna start working on some stuff coming up. Um, and then also my other homegirl, Thalia Goches, beautiful photographer. She's based out of LA right now, but mm. she's done most of my photography. So I've been, I've been blessed to be surrounded um, by just incredible talent. Nice. And when did you officially drop the EP um, online or to the public? Cause that's yeah, so my, EP, my EP was dropped the day that shelter in place was announced no so, yeah so that was march 12th i was supposed to have an ep release party and sell vinyl merch it was going to be a huge thing i was going to have my mariachi my kids play in front and a full band but um it was the day that governor newsom announced shelter in place and the venue was like oh you can do it it's up to you if you want to do it you can do it um but i just felt you know like i I need to make money off of my music <laughs> because mm -hmm. I spend so much time and energy on it. I need to sell merch. I need to sell vinyl. Um, but my first priority is the health and safety of my community. Mm -hmm. So I put it off. I decided not to do it. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a hard feeling because it's something I worked on so much. It, yeah. it drew in so many different elements of, of my life, uh, different producers that I've known for my whole life working with um, like Adiemi, um, Tano Brock, who I also grew up playing music with, um, mm. Daniel Riera, um, featuring my, my sister, featuring my father, um, just featuring so many people that I really care about and just so much sweat and tears went into this. So it felt like kind of a little bit, um, aborted when <laughs> Shelter yeah. announced. 
But at the end of the day, I've had so much feedback that this EP helped people get through a lot of hard times and has been comforting and vivifying for people. So at the end of the day, that's all I can ask for at this at this juncture. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like your music really resonates with a generation of people, a generation of women, uh, you know, Latino, Latinx. And I think the timing was perfect. Like the like a lot of the, I don't know, the country finally caught up to you, <laughs> so to speak, you know, because your, your music and your swag is very revolutionary. You know, you talk, uh, talk on certain subjects that we've been talking about for a long time in, in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Like right now, that's that's the one I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on. You know, you have yeah. the video out and it's in front of the Chata Gutierrez mural. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, what's kind of ironic is that you're talking about a terremoto, like an earthquake hitting, and then people decide to leave San Francisco. Well, people are leaving San Francisco, but for different reasons right now. Dude, that was, the craziest, that. that was the craziest thing, because for so many years, I've had reoccurring nightmares. And I talk to other Frisco natives, and everybody says the same thing. Uh -huh. I've had nightmares of earthquakes and of storms and of, like, all this crazy-ass shit that we have been, since we were babies, we've been waiting for it, right? Like, yeah. we have been expecting it fearing it, planning for it, wondering about it. Um, like, when is it coming? What's going to happen? Um, and then also in different conversations that I've had with people from out here, I'm like, yeah, but maybe, you know, maybe that's the point when all the techies decide to leave. Maybe that's when the bubble bursts. Maybe that's when, um, you know, it kind of clears out. So we're able to make our homes here again. And yeah. a lot of people agree with me and are like, honestly, I thought the same thing. So that's what Cuando Se Van is about. Sí. But it's so... Cuddy uh -huh. that it dropped during the pandemic, right? Yeah. It was like the beginning of the pandemic. And all of my all of my imagining of the city clearing out, um, it wasn't because of the earthquake. It was because of the the coronavirus. So know. it was really it was really interesting to see um just that kind of happen in real time. And of course I felt a lot of like guilt i felt like a lot of like oh mm. my god dude like was i like yeah. did i call this upon the city like is this who had did you talk to i need to talk to her <laughs> yeah i was like oh my god dude what did i say like uh oh um but you know at the end of the day it was just kind of like it was maybe a little prophetic maybe it was just what a lot of us carry with us you know we have cultural memory and then we also have cultural prophecy we see the things that are going to come we prepare um and we take care of our families for the things that are going to come but definitely very very crazy timing for that yeah no but you know since the pandemic you've been moving and grooving you know i've been following and i want to share this photo and talk to me about what's happening Oh yeah, so I um I was hired or I was invited to do a show for Tecate called they uh -huh. have a series called El Patio, which is really cool, um, put on by Remezcla, in which um yeah, Tecate basically sponsors this concert series. So I went out to LA, took my band out to LA and was able to have like one of the only you know, that was like the only time I played with my band. And of course, like we got tested before we left the city. We got tested upon our arrival, rapid test of the site. There's a lot of safety precautions in place. Um, but it was, yeah, it was like one of the only times that I've actually been able to play a live show with my band, which was super, super exciting. And uh, your live band included your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> my dad. And your squad, your family. Yeah, well, I... I I know what it means, like, how do I put this? I think that mm. growing up in San Francisco, 
the sense of community is so strong. The way that we build community, the way that we respect community, the way that we create these relationships, um, basically to survive and to be a healthy cultural community, we make really long-standing, uh, strong relationships. And yeah. I know that through playing with my family. I know that through playing um, with Futuro Picante out of the Mission Cultural Center. I know that about being involved with Brava. Like these are very site-specific, very um, local relationships that yeah. will last me I know for the for my entire life like be it in my um with Alyssa I met Alyssa teaching at Silvertree or when we were campers at Silvertree Naomi who makes my videos and plays in my band as well I met her at Buena Vista her father was my teacher and we wow. played music out of uh, Mission Cultural Center um Sergio Duran who I often play with um I know him also I know since in elementary school playing music. Um, and then Tano, the other person who was playing with me for the Tecate show, um, we grew up together as well, playing playing mm. music. And then mm. of course my father is like one of the best musicians I know. So I'm very lucky to be able to hire him and be able to play with him. But yeah, I think that there's um, something very artificial that I see a lot within the music industry. And I, when I say the mu music industry, I'm not really taught, like, I don't mean to, diminish or um like talk shit about the music industry out here it's just not really an industry it's like entertainment it's what people are doing it's what people are creating but the industry as we talk about it yeah. is that huge money-based shark tank that is la and that is new york and that is these other um hubs for music and I what do. i see a lot coming out of that is this artificiality of people that don't even know their band, people that don't even, the band members don't even care about the music. They don't even like playing that music. Um, wow. The musicians that are are presenting their music aren't even singing, like stuff like that, that really bothers me. I'm like, do you care about art? Do you yeah. care about music? Yeah. Or are you just like here for the bag, here for some photos, here for some recognition? Um, yeah. Cause that's not how it works. So if somebody is like, oh, you could get like some hot girls to be your band or like backup dancers. I'm like, why would I do that? If I could have a brilliant musician, like my father right next to me, yeah. you know? So I that's, that that's kind of my approach. How do you feel like, do you feel um, somewhat out of place not being from those huge hubs coming from San Francisco, which is a metropolitan city, but with a different mindset, you come in uh, with a different, you know, set of values, maybe. Is there a discrepancy? Yeah, I definitely do. I feel very lucky to be from San Francisco. I feel lucky not to get caught up in, um, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of things that I see as an outsider mm. that might be more natural to people who grow up in LA or in those kind of like more, um, like, for lack of a better word, like competitive or like dog eat dog kind of mm -hmm. industries. Yeah. Um, that's not, I'm not interested in um, getting super famous super quickly. I'm not interested in abandoning all of my work so that I can, um, you know, search out different opportunities for exposure. Like I am busy. I have work. Yeah. I'm busy as a musician. I'm going to be writing whether I'm um, recognized or adopted by this, kind of like white canon that we call pop culture mm. that doesn't have any bearing on me as an artist or on what I continue to produce. Um, so I feel good going in with that perspective and I feel a lot safer, you know, like yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not hungry. 
I'm not going to go in there and be like, please, please give it to me. Please. I'll do this. I'll do that. Take my masters, take my rights. Da, da, da. No, I don't need that. If you want to yeah. collaborate, if you want to do something, if you want to work, we can do that. But mm. I hold a different um, type of respect for myself, for my time and for my art. And, and, and it shows, you know, <laughs> and we, you know, we like, we love being represented by you. I'm just, or I love being represented by you. Thank you, know? you. And like the West is like, yo, we, who's going to represent, you know, this side of the Bay. And I was so happy to see you. Can you tell me about this experience? Yeah, this one was super cool. This one actually hosted a lot of really amazing musicians. Um, this was Estados Unidos, the bass put on by Red Bull Music. And Red Bull does mm -hmm. a lot of work with different musicians. They have a pretty robust music program. Um, and yeah, they invited me to participate in, in this show. So this was another live show. I did it um, with uh, the DJ. It was supposed to be Turbo Sonidero, but the DJ who actually mm -hmm. ended up presenting with me was um, Chale Brown out of San Jose. Really cool, yeah. awesome guy. Um, and yeah, and so we had a little performance up there um, and it was really fun. It was really cool. And I felt honored to be on the same bill as like some of some of my favorite DJs and artists right now. Mm -hmm. And like, what do you, what are you looking at now moving forward that second album or are you right now you're, you're, you're working on other personal things. What's, what's going on with that? Yeah. I mean, right now it's really hard. I feel like um, I see a lot of artists, musicians primarily being active, doing photo shoots, doing video shoots, being in the studio, meeting up with other people. And that's not really the path that I'm taking right now. I've been very, very cautious for COVID. Um, I live in a house with um, other people. So yeah. I can't, and I have the ability to work from home. So mm. I'm taking advantage of that and really secluding myself, really isolating. Um, I haven't seen any of my friends. It's hard. I haven't seen my friends. Uh -huh. I only see my family outside with masks on. Like we're being very, very careful. And so um, in terms of, I, I, I know that my approach, I'm like kind of a little bit extra. And I know that my approach, I want to put out like, I want to put out a video. I want to put out a photo shoot. I want to put out the song. I want to put out a live session. I want to put like, when I do something, I do it big. And so mm. I feel like this pandemic has really forced me to reconcile, ask myself a question of, okay, does it have to be like that? Is that, is that what you have to do in order yeah. to put out music? And also what are you losing from not putting out music? So the, the, answer to that obviously is that I want people to have access to my music. I want to be, um, that's, that's my gift to everybody, you know, like mm -hmm. if it doesn't make me a dime, that's fine. If somebody enjoys it, then that's why I do. If it helps somebody, that's why I do it. Um, so that's why I do want to put out music. But at the same time, I just feel like the moment is not going to allow for me to do it in the way that I want to do it. So right mm -hmm. now I'm just working on writing on recording. Um, and my home, I've had the capacity i spent my stimulus check on getting a mic so i've been <laughs> recording at my house and trying to make it work at my house um but yeah i do i am looking to release some new music uh, a single hopefully next month or for my birthday in march so okay. i do yeah i i'm gonna put out new music um i know that it's if it's not for me if it's not the way that i want to do it then let it be for my audience but Man. that is a priority for me. We got to get you like uh, one of those uh, trailers so you can just perform on top <laughs> and just go down 24th Street at Mission. You have your own carnaval. <laughs> that would be sick. That would be hella lit. So la, la, questions for La Doña. And I asked everyone this, you know, your favorite street in San Francisco. Do you have one? 
Oh man, that's a good one. Um, I love Folsom Street. Wow, I tell me about that. Yeah, Folsom. I grew up on on in Bernal, so um, mm. I grew up on Ellsworth. Whoa. So Ellsworth goes all the way from the bottom, all the way to the top, up the hill. Um, but I love Folsom because it goes all the way through both of my favorite neighborhoods. Obviously, yeah. I love the mission and I love Bernal, even though it's like heart breaks my heart all the time. Um, but I love just that path, taking Folsom all the way up over the hill, down yeah. into the mission, and then you get that sick ass. Uh, tree-lined, beautiful street all the way down to Rainbow, all the way down past the water. So I know a lot of people say Mission Street, but mm -hmm. for me, Folsom begins at where I was born, um, and it takes me all the way past and through all of my favorite places. Um, so Folsom Street, Mission 2, obviously right. grew up on the 14, grew up spending a lot of time on Mission. Um, yeah. I love 19th Street, um, just because I spent like all of my like little yeah. racket ass teen years at Dolores Park. And so I spent a lot okay, of time okay. between like, Beauty Bar and Dolores yeah. Park. Yeah, right here, man. Mm -hmm. And then Baybot uh, is right I, there next to it too. Yes, I know. So that would be that would be trap night on Mondays. It would yeah. be salsa night on Timba on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays. Um, and then the rest Friday, of the day is like Afro Uh-huh, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I spent a lot of time out there. Um, but I've really grown to, I've really grown to love, I live in the Excelsior now. I've really grown to love all of mm -hmm. the Excelsior. Um, and my sister lives in Portola by the greenhouses. So I also love that area as well. But pretty much basically like, and then industrial, Bay, Bay Shore. I grew up right next to Bay Shore. And we, mm -hmm. my, my father worked at Third Street Drawbridge. He was the bridge tender. And so we would always ride our bikes from Bernal to through Bayview, um, mm -hmm. down along China Basin, India yeah. Basin, and to Third Street Drawbridge. So I, that's really where like my heart resides. Like Southeast San Francisco, that's where I feel good. That's where I feel comfortable. And that's where, you know, I just love it out there. Lastly, this is the last question. Restaurant. If you were to point out a restaurant, which one would it be in San Francisco? Oh, hmm. Damn, that's a good ass question. Mm -hmm. I think, um, hmm. Shit, damn, you got recently. me. Let's, say, let's talk recently. Recently, okay. Basically, all we get now um, is Danny's Kitchen, which is a cut. If y'all don't know about it, you should check it out. But Danny? not on the days I want to check it out. It's small as heck. Danny's Kitchen. It's T-A-N-I-S. And that's in, um, that's out there in Daly City, actually. But it's, oh. it's really, really good Japanese food. Interesting. Um, mm -hmm. We also go to either Little Nepal or Taste of Nepal for Nepalese food. Um, I've been, let's see, what else am I into? I like to go to Alma. When I would go out, I would love going to Alma on 24th Street. Um, nice. Great. Yeah, I don't know. There's too much. Too much good food out here. There is. But that Dandy's, I have to check it out. I had never mm -hmm. heard of it. Yeah, cool. it's really good. Um, anything else uh, you want to just tell folks? Keep an eye out. I'm going to yeah. be giving y'all some new music. Um, 
I know I sound like I don't want to, but I do. <laughs> I really <laughs> do. I was listening to all the music I was working on because some days I think I'm like, damn, I don't have, I haven't even done anything. I don't have no music. And then I listened to like a whole album's worth of music that I have almost done. And I was like, oh, these shit is, this shit is bangers. These are slaps. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to be putting some stuff out for everybody and looking forward to the future when we can get together soon. Perfecto. All right, mi gente. Thank you, La Doña. Thank you for starting us off right. And let's of keep, pushing, keep doing it. Bueno. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Peace. Bye.